Hello everyone and good to be back again. Um, today I wanted to con continue on the last discussion we had about the teacher-student relationship because um, it's actually one of the most essential and important parts of learning and practicing Buddhism. Um, and again, this is the purpose of this is to share with you myself as someone who uh, came to Buddhism on my own uh, and had to learn and experience these things, I think it's it's helpful um, that no matter what kind of Buddhism or what you're practicing, to know uh, honestly from someone who has experienced many things concerning the Buddhist practice, uh, perhaps to help with some insight uh, into your own practice and to give you some uh, information. So, you know, as I was stating, you know, information is only good if you have to share it with someone. So if I just keep my experiences to myself, um, those experiences which I have been lucky enough to have um, won't be of any use except to perhaps myself, you know, which in the end doesn't mean anything. So um, I share this with you with that uh, mindset. So as we were talking about the teacher-student relationship, there's a few important things. Now, you, you heard me discuss uh, in the last segment specifically about, and, and this is why I bring it up, we as Westerners, or I would even say modern people, things that make us uncomfortable. Because you have to understand, it's, it, it may not be part of our culture. And especially in the modern culture with, with where you know once we leave our home, uh, we feel as if we're beholden to no one. Uh, you know, We pay professionals to help us. Uh, we go to university, which we pay to educate us. But this relationship, uh, as I was stating, in, in the West, the closest thing we have is like a mentor relationship. But it's, a, of course, a lot deeper because this usually is a life practice, um, a life relationship, which grows and grows through all of our different life events. And, you know, when we go towards Buddhism you know, we have to have the proper mindset. Because again, if we, you know, a lot of the cultural things that make us great for what we do and allow us to, to accomplish and succeed in a lot of things that stand out, you know, um, from other different cultures, which is fine. Uh, however, sometimes can be our challenges. So I can only speak from my personal experience. So I'm not, of course, speaking for every American or every Western or every modern person. But I can just tell you uh, from my sense, which, uh, you know, being a first-generational Buddhist, I think, is a very useful explanation because I, I think most people are in my same, uh, in the same position as myself. Uh, in that being said, as I was stating before, I explained the story of how I met uh, Reverend Skamoto and the you know the challenges that I had. Now, it's really important that you know once we want to study Buddhism, and again. The idea of the perfect teacher, there is no such thing as that because all of us are human beings. However, uh, teachers are really important in us going beyond ourselves because, again, you know, as being an adult, you know, uh, or emancipated in that way, uh, living on your own, having your own money, you know, your parents no longer tell you what to do, uh, you know, we have this idea that, that that's the, the actual goal in life. But, you know, again, it's like sitting in a bath or a tub of your own kind of filth and not realizing 
what what you're sitting in because a lot of times if you want to practice Buddhism through your own ideas, uh, you can do that, but your Buddhism is always going to be limited because uh, when we practice Buddhism with our own ideas, uh, usually it's most part because we're um, suffering, we're ignorant, we have the three poisons of greed, hatred, ignorance within our lives, um, and we can't see reality for ourselves, that a lot of times our Buddhism is corrupt. And, you know, it usually, sometimes I've seen Buddhism turn into arrogance, extreme arrogance, uh, judgment of other people, um, Buddhism being used as a club, in judging other people, uh, you know, etc., and and that to me is is a is a kind of violence, so and arrogance. So those are of course related to the three great poisons of greed, hatred, and ignorance. Now, with the mindset that we have to get over ourselves, and that's where the idea of charity comes in. That we appreciate uh, and give someone else. Uh, and learn from someone else who has experience. Now, again, um, you shouldn't be easily led by people, uh, just simply easily impressed. But again, you should uh, make a determination if you wish to study Buddhism and find a teacher. Now, I'm not saying how long that process is. You don't have to go to your local temple and that's that's your teacher. A lot of times there's a lot of dynamics involved in that. Like, for instance... Um, Skomoto Sensei's teaching was appropriate for me um, that helped me with that point in my life as a punk kid from a little town, you know, and uh, didn't, you know, the, the typical things we go through as teenagers and both as, you know, our 20s, etc. Um, and what I really wanted to get through in the last podcast was the idea of where we have to come from. So when we meet a teacher, we really have to have that idea of generosity. Uh, and then the next, of course, of the six por- uh, paramitas is morality. That means we have to start taking responsibility uh, for our behavior. And, and, and a lot of times, you know, if you practice Buddhism simply on your own, you, you won't be able to have that opportunity because only in relationships... And this is where morality, the precepts come in Buddhism, is relationships with others uh, and how to foster and grow those in an enlightened way. Uh, We do that by cultivating and understanding the precepts that the Buddha had given us. So again, a lot of times people misunderstand the precepts as being the way I need to act for myself. But no, it actually has to do with the behavior of others. And, And in doing that, having a really serious relationship, especially with someone we've chosen, and that we trust, and of course that takes time as I stated, um, it allows us to go and, and challenge these things. Because even as a priest, it's interesting if priests, um, that's why Sangha is very important as the third jewel of Buddhism, besides the founder, the teacher, and the uh, teaching, the Sangha. Because a lot of times even priests, if they don't uh, have a chance to practice with each other, that's why I actually love going to Japan every year, we practice together. That's one of the most important things we do is that we see how we have become lazy or misunderstood because it's easy to practice Buddhism by yourself in a, on a mountain because you're not really being challenged with it uh, because you probably think you're the smartest person on the mountain because you are the only person on the mountain. Uh, however, if you're okay with that, uh, you can live your life like that. 
uh, all of this is a free choice. Uh, but if you're not satisfied with that and you'd like to go beyond that, of course, the idea of the um, morals, morality, the precepts and dealing with others. And, and that means that in a relationship with a, with a master, there, there's uh, those specifics that we know of, uh, not killing, uh, not stealing, not lying, uh, not uh, indulging in misconduct or intoxication. You know, th those things are really important. And, and to go deeply into what those mean, because if you just take them as face value, you'll probably think that you're practicing them when you're really not, uh, just because you don't take a drink. Uh, this is also important. Then the next of the six paramitas, as we know, is patience. That's where we need to have patience. Well, where, where does patience come from? Patience means from a humbleness, which we can, of course, the example of patience we have from the Lotus Sutra is, of course, never despising bodhisattva, that no matter what people throw at them, no matter what they are challenged with, that through that they become enlightened because they exemplify patience. And through patience, they're actually able to change and manifest the correct behavior, which is, of course, in, uh, in balance with the middle way, with the teachings of the Lotus Sutra, of course, expounded and, and taught and practiced through the Odaimoku, Namamyo, Kyo through our lives. Uh, that's a pretty big thing. So when having patience, it means sometimes uh, just being quiet. Uh, sometimes in the sense that a lot of times this is the mentality we have. You've got to be very aware of your own mentality. You know, that we that the teacher owes us or that the teach, we own the teacher because maybe we donated something to the temple. That's why the first of the uh, six paramitas, ofuse, means giving without the idea of receipt. So if you're coming to a temple because um, you want to buy uh, a course or buy enlightenment from the teacher or insight or contemplation, uh, you might as well uh, keep it. Because actually, that's not with the correct mindset that needs ofuse or giving, donation, dana needs to be given with. Right? So then, when we have those qualities, of course, uh, and then we practice patience. And patience means, a lot of times, things you're not going to like. Because a lot of times the teachers are going to call you out on things that you are not going to be comfortable with. And, of course, you always have the uh, option of running away. But again, uh, we should be sincere and determined, as Nietzsche and Shona said, even at the cost of our own lives, too accomplish our mission, our path, uh, to walk the path of Buddha through for the rest of our lives and to truly study and practice, gaining through the practice of meditation, which is the right practice, and then, of course, gaining wisdom from that. That's the ultimate manifestation of the six paramitas. So it's really important to understand this order that we have of the paramitas uh, in, in working towards uh, that study and practice. If, then, of course, as we do um, patience, the ability not to be perturbed by anything, because as, as you may know, uh, one of the things I'll tell students right off, that actually some of the things that I will tell you will perturb you. That means uh, unbalance you. And, you know, through this, we have to have this mutual idea of respect. That's, of course, the discipline part, the morality part. 
and then through our patients be able to, to do it properly. And then, of course, with that, the idea of the next uh, paramita, which is diligence. That means to find joy in what is virtuous, positive, and wholesome. In that, even when we are being challenged, when we're, you know, our mind is racing and our, our thoughts are aggravated and we're annoyed, having that true, almost pure mind, which if you ask me, I'll say, you know, there's nothing special about myself except that the one thing that I really cherish in my life is my determination, uh, diligence, and that I, the only, how do you say, Rede- redemptive or, uh, you know, thing about my life is, is my sincerity towards the Buddha Dharma and, whole, and wholeheartedness. Because no matter what my teacher threw at me or challenged me with, um, again, it, it comes down to our own personal response and how we deal with those things. Because again, it's just the microcosm of the, you know, the example of your life that this interaction with other beings has to happen. And that once we understand the essence of reality is empty, then we see that we can do things through skillful means and those skillful means are exemplified through the middle way as expounded in the essence of the Lotus Sutra. So diligence means, again, simple things. You, you, you know, I'm talking about really big concepts, but simply what it means is showing up when you're supposed to show up. All these basic behaviors, because I'll tell you, one of the most important things that needs to happen before a mentor relationship happens, you have to have your stuff together. That means respect the other person's time, uh, respect the other person's ability, how much that they've put into that study. That's where the idea of dana comes. Don't, you know, when we come to a temple again, you know, uh, you you may think Buddhism should be free. Of course, it's free. It's found anywhere. But again, dana is the giving of ourselves as appreciation because you need the idea of, we call it aringatai, which means appreciation in order to really practice. So what are you going to invest in? I think of it as an investment. Again, putting things towards the Dharma is the greatest investment of all things of all, in my life. I do it without thinking about it. And, and this is a mentality, again, from a Western mind. We've got to get away from the idea that this is church and that that money is going to go to uh, you know, the, the minister's house or something like that. that that's not what Dana is. Okay, So and also simple things of behavior. Uh, get, keep yourself together. Do what you're supposed to do. Study when you're supposed to study. Come with prepared. Come with what you need to have. Because otherwise you're wasting your time and you're wasting the teacher's time. Ultimately, uh, there are many times I've had to let people go because they're just not ready. In order to really grow from the relationship of a teacher-student relationship in Buddhism, which essentially means to practice Buddhism, um, not practicing by yourself. That, of course, breeds ignorance and arrogance in the sense that you think you've attained what you have not attained because it's only admissible to you on the mountain by yourself that we have to have it challenged uh, by a teacher, but we have to have our stuff together. That means manners. That's why if you look at the second one is discipline. You have to be disciplined in the in your own proper morality of dealing with just the basics of other humans. So, if you have problems, you know, with being on time, I remember, I'll give you an example. When I, again, as I said, three hours, sometimes three and a half hours, maybe more to get to Toronto. 
And in our Western mind, we think, okay, not in a Buddhist mind, Western mind, that 6 o'clock a.m. means 6 o'clock a.m. So I show up exactly at 6 a.m., and my teacher comes to the door and says, the lesson for today is beyond time. But of course, I don't know what he's talking about. So I said, I have to ask a question. What, what does that mean? And he taught me that in order the Buddhist mind to be prepared, that's the idea of diligence, five minutes too we should prepare. That is not too intrusive. So if we come 45 minutes before, a half hour before, 15 minutes before, that's kind of intrusive because uh, that's not the correct mindset we have of, of respecting other people. But the five minutes means that five minutes we come in, we sit down, we prepare ourselves, we're ready to learn exactly at six o'clock. This is taught in pretty much every Buddhist monastery that I've ever been in in every training session. Because again, this is the mindset of a Buddhist culture. So this is not, you can say I'm from this culture, we're always late, uh, that's just what we do. Well, that's fine, and, and you can remain that way. But again, when you're practicing Buddhism, you need to understand it through Buddhist culture. And that is not at all giving up who you are or what you, where you come from. That is not at all denying any of that, because of course that comes up with people. I'm an American. However, you need to drop those ideas, those uh, restraints, when you're practicing Buddhism. Because we need to go in and understand Buddhism through whichever culture or whichever teacher that you are being that you decide to study with. That's part of the idea of patience. Getting rid of your ego and being able to really experience because once you experience it, you can assimilate it to whatever culture you want. Buddhism assimilates to many cultures, but it comes through mentality, okay? Not through not through necessary clinging to things just because that's the way that they're done. So I've seen that excuse, well, in my culture, we're always late. Well, that's not Buddhist culture. So that's not going to really work in this relationship. So again, you have to learn those things. But don't, of course, with the idea of patience, diligence, you have to be willing to learn those things. And a lot of times, the basic behaviors of Buddhism, simplistic, cleaning. Cleaning is the first thing to do. Then, uh, learning how to deal with uh, the uh, practice, place of practice, practice items, uh, relationship with teacher, reading, etc., Basically, like everything else you've done in your life, like university, but this is the thing, you're not paying the teacher. So you make an agreement with a teacher, you show up. And if you have an issue, you don't just say, I'm sorry, I can't come. You have to have that respect for the mentorship, the teaching, which is the basic of the six paramitas, all right, generosity to cultivate the attitude of generosity, discipline, refraining from harm, patience, the ability not to be perturbed by anything, diligence, to find joy in what is virtuous, positive, and wholesome. Then we can finally understand meditative concentration and wisdom. So therefore, you know, I really wanted to get this to you guys, that we, you know, you can spend your life, like any of us, Think about that we know it all, uh, I don't need a teacher, uh, I can do this by myself. You're free to do that. But I'm just trying to tell you from someone who's gone through all of those phases, all those practices, this is the way Buddhism is done. And there's a reason for it. And, and when you really realize it and it becomes yours, which the, what Buddhism, the great thing about Buddhism is that it's yours. Uh, not in the ego sense, not in the I sense, but in experiential sense, uh, 
that is yours. But this relationship is the pinnacle of where all other relationships, like we have the relationship with the Buddha. So a lot of times I tell people, would you show up late to talk to the Buddha? Also, the other thing is seeking, because we have to want to seek. So if you don't come to practice, you're not seeking. That's the diligence part. That's fine. That's your choice. However, of course, as we know, uh, only things that we go after, only things that we try to study, the things that we put energy in, you get what you, you get what you put in, you get you get out what you put in, simply. So therefore, keep those things in mind, stay sincere, uh, and I wish you all luck and uh, practice and uh, happiness and uh, equanimity and all those great things that are the benefits of our practice. And I hope you find a really good teacher that you can study with and grow and ultimately change your perspective so that you have a, are able to live your life to its fullest, uh, aware and awake. So, therefore, thank you very much for the second part of understanding the teacher-disciple relationship. Have a great day. Namo myoho renge kyo.